0: Friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at YouTube.com forward slash Steve Larson. Available wherever podcasts can be found, of course, taped live with the Twitch at Twitch.tv forward slash Steve and Larson. Uh, it's a special, It's I think we've been kind of trying, we're going to try to do these monthly. Yeah. I don't know, something like that. It's, it's, it's uh,
1: closer, we've been closer to that than uh, in months past the last couple months. By that, I think we've done two in the last three months, as opposed to one every like four months before.
0: Right, A for effort, I say. (laughs) New year, you know what? Yeah,
1: resolutions and
0: things. Exactly. Uh, So today, on going in raw, we're going to be looking at an old WWF pay per view, and uh, I believe we put a couple up for vote. Uh, for the patrons on this one,
1: sounds
2: right. And
0: uh, and the 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 friendos voted with King of the Ring 96. That's what we did. I think I brought one, you brought one, and then we had the friendos sort of like you know, mull over. Yeah, that
1: sounds right. That sounds right. Uh,
0: and uh, I won this one. Oh, (laughs) hell yeah. I won the vote
1: for King of the Ring 1996. I I guess it makes Uh, sense because I believe at the time we were putting the my, my time to. Line could be completely off. When We put the, this up for for a vote. It might have been around the same time that report started coming out that Stone Cold's mm-hmm. going to have some sort of involvement at WrestleMania uh, yeah. 38. Just a week or so ago, it turns out uh, he had basically he had a match. Could be his last. Yeah, match. he actually had a actually had a match. Yeah. Um, and so I guess it's 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 apropos to bring everything full circle mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the Austin 316 phenomena Yeah, which started at King of 396 on the heels of maybe, probably, his final bout um, and, and and talk about how it all started.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of interesting uh, uh, off the bat. When we talk about King of the Ring 1996, like you just mentioned, the big thing is the Austin 316, the promo that sort of, you know, uh, uh, as as Conrad in his podcast mentioned, you know, right after this is when you saw everybody with Austin 316 signs, and they sort of realized, hey, we have something here, and then the shirt became probably the best-selling shirt. Uh, in wrestling history, mm-hmm. maybe the NWO, but I get the feeling it's probably Austin 316. Yeah, it might be at
1: this juncture Austin 316.
0: So, uh, but what's, what's interesting to me and what's kind of frustrating, I'm curious. So, like, our research for this episode involved obviously watching the damn thing. And uh, I listened to Conrad's uh, Something to Wrestle podcast. And didn't you listen to the JR podcast? I to, actually
1: end up listening to both of them. I listened to both the Bruce one Ooh. and the JR one. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Did JR give my biggest a question because Conrad did not dive into this and he was asked directly point blank at the beginning of the episode this what because if you look this is a weird card mm-hmm. like if you take if you take Austin out of this it's just like a not very memorable card at all it's memorable for how much of a weird mix of talent WWF was dealing with in the summer of 1996 did JR speak on because Bruce was asked by Conrad in his yeah, episode. point blank
1: about this being this kind of was a transitionary a period. For
0: transitionary yeah. period. Can you speak on that? And instead, Bruce wanted to talk about Warrior's Hat. Yeah. Uh, did JR dive into like the, the, the this culture at the time, I guess, for lack of a better
1: term? Not – I don't – uh, granted, I, this was a couple weeks ago I listened to this. And so uh, uh, <laughs> one thing I remember standing out in terms of, of, of how they were approaching things from a creative standpoint in this period was Conrad – Brought up that this was kind of like peak, uh, vocational gimmick in mm-hmm, WWE. Because yeah. obviously you had, you had a, 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 a TL Hooper, the plumber. Mm-hmm. You had the Goon, hockey mm-hmm. player. Hockey guy, am yeah. you know? And this is around the time. I don't know if the, if Repo Man was still around '96. I don't recall. Around mm-hmm. the time, Repo Man was a thing in WWF. Um, and and it's 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 interesting refrain to hear from Jr. And, and and how they approached gimmicks then versus now because it's not much has changed. It's okay. Well, we have someone who could work.
2: Yeah, let's give them something
1: yeah. and see if they can get it over.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, yeah.
1: the, the the level of planning and forethought into a lot of things uh, seems to be pretty minimal. In that, okay, we're bringing somebody in. You know, whether we're just bringing them in to be a good hand. Mm-hmm. You know, in the case of like Tracy Smothers. They had seemingly no designs on pushing him at all. They just wanted good wrestlers in to put on decent matches against people they actually were going to push. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they just give him a gimmick, and if they get it over, awesome. If not, mm-hmm. oh well. Yeah. And it's kind of yeah. interesting to see that creative process to a degree still exist in WWE. Yeah, sure. I mean, like there's still some high concept ideas that they'll develop and pitch, and 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 sometimes they'll get over. Um, but seemingly a lot of times it's like, okay, we have a, a basic idea, mm-hmm. let's give it to this performer and put the onus on them to make something yeah. of it.
0: Yeah. The mishmash of talent is really bizarre here. And it, gets, it doesn't really get – so, like, one of the main – you know, when you think of 94, 95, 96 – uh obviously it sort of blew up in 97 but you think of names like Shawn michaels and Bret hart well brett wasn't with the company at the time
1: he was not he, he was on a contract for the show he
0: was not in a contract and 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 one thing bruce does bring up is that they were relatively concerned at the time that he was going to be the third man in wcw that's where a lot of speculation yeah. was online in terms of Bret hart
1: and apparently um, Holland uh, nash wanted him to be the third man
0: and they, they they were they were pitching for him to be the third man, yeah. Um, and so uh, he ended up obviously that ended up not happening. But this was one of the times the last time that uh, Ultimate Warrior was in WWF. It's and if you take a look, a match, yeah. And if you take a look at the uh, the the box art on Peacock, anyways, and I would suspect. If you take a look at, let's see here, King of the Ring, nineteen ninety six VHS box art, he was. Oh uh, no, no, it was uh, okay. So the actual VHS box art is sort of your standard box art for Coliseum at the time, and it's the main event, uh, the 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 HBK versus a uh, Bulldog, mm-hmm. sort of taking the prominent spot, and then you got the tag test. So, I mean, it's all the title matches right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's even, you know, it's got the King of the Ring logo, but it doesn't have. And it's funny that they didn't like. I don't know. This blew up. You think that, you know, this video probably dropped. I'd imagine with plenty of time to to add Austin to the cover, but uh, but I guess I guess they elected not to. Let's see if is there like DVD. Did they reissue this as a DVD after the? I'm just sort of curious because it was such a seminal moment. Yeah, I know. That uh, oh here's the DVD. Nope, same thing. (laughs) It's the same as yeah. 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 The actual poster was uh, Ultimate Warrior. And uh, and this was, I think, like the last WWF saw of the Ultimate Warrior. Of course, he had that Mania match, which Conrad, uh, you know, uh, had confirmed. I guess that that was part of Triple H's punishment. Although I forget if when we no, no at the war the Mania match, match happened
1: before the curtain call. Curtain call, yeah. In May. Yeah. Oh, oh no, no, the King of the Ring lost. Yes, because King of the Ring lost initially. So let's yeah. let's go because a lot of the the. The point could easily be made that Stone Cold would have been something regardless because that character was getting some momentum behind, behind it yeah. before the show, a couple weeks before King of the Ring 96 is when he introduced the stunner into his, his, his arsenal moves, adopted it as finisher. But if history had been written slightly different, if the curtain call mm-hmm. hadn't happened, or if Vince and company were like, meh, whatever, and decide not mm-hmm. to punish Triple H, he was going to win King of the Ring 96. Yeah, right, yeah. And so if the finals are Jake Roberts versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Mm -hmm. you don't get the Austin 316 promo unless somewhere down the line they happen to do a Jake uh, Stone Cold thing. What if if Bret Hart had agreed to go to WCW in the summer of 96, been Mm -hmm. the third man to start the NWO, then the feud between Austin and Bret Hart doesn't happen. And And that was one of the feuds that really elevated the Stone Cold character. And maybe even more importantly, we might not have gotten the Mr.
0: McMahon character because that the genesis of that was obviously Survivor Series '97, mm-hmm. the Montreal Screwjob. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult for me to think that that, that he wouldn't have been huge anyways. Because yeah. like I don't know, you look at this promo; it's sort of just stuck in the middle of a of a of I don't know. The pay per view was fine; it was just a weird pay per view. I'm not gonna say it was dog shit; it was just a weird pay per view. Uh, there were some good matches. The main event was really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, there were some good matches on it. There was some some weird stuff going on um but uh but yeah i mean there i think a lot of things would have had to have fallen out of place for austin not to become a oh, big yeah. star obviously along the way you know his road was was pretty much paved you know w- without without the big thing with with him and hart would austin have been a big i mean without without them being uh, uh malleable enough back then would they have turned rock heel you know or they would kept on trying with rocky yeah. mayville a lot of stuff would have had to have fallen off. I mean, eventually the talent was just there for Austin to be who he was, anyways. Yeah. You just think about some of the moments
1: that 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 were part of his rise to the top. Yeah, and and how like I was gonna say nebulous, but that's not the right word. Tenuous. If you look mm-hmm. at the timeline, a lot of mm-hmm. that stu- stuff was.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this dude, this you know, WCW was kind of like. Wiping the floor at, at the time, I think it was uh, uh, it was the great American bash was sort of counter program <clears throat> to this. Um, and I know I had written down maybe I hadn't written down um, uh, uh, uh what WCW was doing, mm-hmm. but it, it is kind of interesting just the kind of momentum they had on their side. Yeah, it might have been right at the tail end of like the uh, the, the silliness with uh. Kevin Sullivan's group. So over on the WCW side, you had, uh, let's see here, at the top of the card, okay, I mean, this is not impressive. The Giant beat Lex Luger in the main event. You had Flair uh, and Arn Anderson beating uh, Kevin Green and Steve McMichael, which, if I recall correctly, was actually kind of a relatively big deal because they were bringing in, like, some former NFL players. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. If I remember correctly, Kevin Uh, Green was a pretty decent wrestler. Yeah, he was an okay,
0: yeah, he was a pretty decent wrestler. You had, of course, you had Benoit versus Kevin Sullivan in that Falls Count Anywhere match. Mm-hmm. Um, you had uh, let's see here, Dean Malenko versus Rey Mysterio Jr. It was a much more sort of cohesive and 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 well put together roster
1: in WCW. Yeah.
0: You know, like WWF was such a mishmash, it was such a weird conglomeration. Yeah, it really of stuff. was,
1: because like Vader Came in from WCW, and and of course, you know, obviously in Japan at WCW, Vader was booked like an absolute monster. Yeah, sure. And then I think that started to change a bit in WCW once Hogan came in, so he Mm -hmm. was looking for other opportunities, came to WWF, and they seemingly didn't really know how to best utilize his talents. Yeah, Um, he liked him. uh, And then uh, one thing JR mentioned in his show about this was, you know, like the the... So, Vader has a, a semi-final match against Jake Roberts on this card. And we'll get into the more mm-hmm. details more details of it when we talk about that particular match. But, JR mentions that there was several people on the roster, most prominently probably Vader, who was very hesitant to take clean losses.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and it, was,
1: it was mostly to protect their position, maybe not so much in WWF, but in, in terms of their opportunities to make money overseas. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Vader, like, booked basically as an unbeatable monster. Mm -hmm. in japan and he was worried that if he took a bunch of losses here in the states he won't be able to get the paydays he would uh in japan either Mm -hmm. concurrently or following his run at WWF. and so uh, jr talks about the headaches of finding creative ways to get vader out of the tournament another aspect of that was like apparently they make a list of who they want the tournament and -hmm. figure out how that's going to play out later yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. if you if you're if you're worried about or Vader is worried about taking losses, and you have no plan for him to win the tournament, mm-hmm. you don't have to put him in the tournament. You know? Yeah, no, I know, I know.
0: um Yeah, it's funny you mention that because look at who like is in this in the lat in the in the final scrum here at the end of the show. You've got HBK. He don't like losing. You got Ahmed Johnson. If I remember correctly, he was known to be relatively difficult to work with, so I'm not sure he would have liked to take clean losses. I believe Vader his
1: his King of the Ring uh, match early in a tournament was his first loss in WWF. I believe he lost uh, right. Uh, it Owen or Gold Dust? I can check one second.
0: Uh, oh, it was. I think it was. Uh, uh, what are we talking about? Ahmed Johnson, right now? Yeah. Um, I think it was because Owen Hart hit him with the cast. I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that sounds To right. the
0: help. I forget who. Here, give me a second. Um, I can find that. Yeah. But then, and then you got Ultimate Warrior, guy who never liked to oh, lose Vader. anybody. He lost to Vader. He lost to Vader. There you go. And then Vader, who don't want to lose anybody. Yeah, you got all these people who don't want to lose anybody. That ain't easy to work with. Um, let's talk about this really quick. Did you find it strange that the build here, the the, the, the story of the final, you know, of this king of the ring tournament as it pertains to king of the ring was all about getting the old timer the old gunslinger jake roberts at the crusty old age of 41 we were we we're like a couple years older than that yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and i yeah at the crusty old age of 41 where Owen art says he doesn't belong in the ring at that age he was the underdog mm-hmm. who had his ribs taken out by vader and mm-hmm. And you would think that they're going to go for, like, a big underdog babyface win against Steve Austin, who they're really not even – it's not even really like they are They seem to be building up Austin that much in this show.
1: No, um, that, that's true, but you hear both Bruce and JR talk about it, and they were asked, both of them, there any other options other than Steve? And they both said no. Yeah. After they decided Triple H wasn't winning it, everybody's like, all right. I mean, I think there was other names thrown out, but no one was really – thought of as another serious option other than Stone Cold. And I think because it's they, interesting. Both, they saw that he was getting some momentum behind him and they thought, okay, this is a way to elevate him to the next level.
0: It's interesting to me, though, they didn't feature Austin more prominently in sort oh, of absolutely. that because it's like Jake, it's, it was just sort of, I don't know, a bit on the deflating. So, well, number one, you couldn't do much with that final match, anyways, because Austin, they, like, it was a really short final match.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because
0: his, you know, the lip was busted. So, like, hey, we're gonna make this. We're gonna have this go short. Because mm-hmm. um, Austin obviously insisted that he uh, that that he proceed with the match. Yeah, it was um,
1: sixteen it, stitches in his lip.
0: Yeah. Oh, that just that, that was gnarly. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was just kind of interesting because Jake, you know, this old gunslinger, and then they, you know, they bruise him up. And it just turns out, now we're just going to have Austin win here. I wonder if the thought was ever yeah, we should just have Jake win, you know, for like a last hurrah. Um, And then uh, and then we'll, you know, we'll we'll do the rest later because you could still do that.
1: Maybe. But but, you know, I guess at this time, Jake was not only wrestling a bit, but doing producing work backstage. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe they developed that underdog story. So Austin would get more heat on him when he won the match.
0: And apparently, Jake was working with Austin. Yeah, like backstage. Like yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Conrad said something like he was one who uh, who suggested the kick to the gut before the stunner, mm-hmm. because it, you know he was basically just doing a diamond cutter at that yeah. point. It was kind of like it was a sit down diamond cutter. He yeah. was like, you just grab their heads and,
1: and then hit it. It didn't quite, quite have a the out of nowhere little. nature of what it would eventually become. No, no, it didn't. There's a pretty slow uh, and pretty obvious setup where he grabbed them by their head, took a beat, and then hit the stunner as opposed to bang stunner. Yeah, it is. It is wildly
0: hilarious, though. I know you, you've seen the whole thing now, and I mentioned this before. Warrior, the, the pop that Warrior still got. Yeah. I wonder how Pavlovian that was with his music, because his music
1: does hit you hard. It does. Doom, 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 doom And that, doom, that energy, and then comes you know, out. His, his theme comes on, the energy with, with which he sprints to the ring, starts shaking the <laughs> ropes, all that, you know. You can't, you can't help but be jazzed when this dude comes out to I mean, the ring. I I understand ring. why people would be jazzed. Um <laughs> Until I saw him wrestle and then whatever enthusiasm I had for him would, would quickly di- <laughs> dissipate. Um, because like his match against Lawler here, if he's never been a skilled ring technician by any stretch of the imagination. But I guess he was dealing with the shoulder injury or something. So he couldn't even do the press slam, you know? This was he wanted the shit. shoulder
0: tackle. This was dog shit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and the story so of, of him wearing the hat is funny. Uh, So the idea is, uh, in the build to uh, Lawler's match against Warrior, Lawler had an in-ring segment where he did like a a painting of Mm -hmm. the Warrior, and he actually did it. Yeah. And so he had a frame with glass and everything on it. And the idea of the segment was Lawler was going to break the painting over Warrior's head. Well, Mm -hmm. Warrior was concerned about getting hurt, so not only did he wear a baseball cap, apparently he had a pad (laughs) underneath the baseball cap, uh, so he wouldn't get glass or anything in his head, but apparently Lawler... When he did it, broke it with the glass facing himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't like the Warrior was like in r- any real danger of getting hurt. You know, I'll be honest
0: with you. Warrior's made a lot of questionable decisions in his life. That's not one of them. That'd be me. I'd be like, hey, I'm going to put on a baseball hat. I'm going to put a pad underneath because I don't want to get sliced in the head. I'm with Warrior on that one. I stand with Warrior Larson. Oh, wow. <laughs> Specifically on that one issue right, alone yeah, put, yeah, make and sure you, nothing else. Make sure you qualify that, yes. <laughs> exactly. Let's just dive into it, man. Sure. Uh, opens up uh, Owen Hart, uh, who's a bad guy at the time with mm. one of those casts. Yeah, he's a member uh, of Camp Cornette. Camp Cornette, probably the, the least intimidating named faction I can think of. Uh, he interrupts Vince and JR as they intro the show. Uh, he joins them on commentary. Of course, I think this he's 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 a recent Slammy Award winner here, right? Or was yeah. that later? Yeah. Well, he's well, he won All a bunch right. of slammies, I think. Yeah, uh, and then we get a really long Steve Austin versus Mark
1: Marrow. It's a 17 minute long yeah, affair. It's very long. I think it's the second longest match on the card. No, it's probably the third because I think the Undertaker and Mankind probably went longer, just barely.
0: Kind of interesting that Mark Marrow was the first guy who WWF countered the guaranteed contracts with. To bring him over mm-hmm. the big the first big he was their Cody Rhodes. I know he was, it was their big steal from WCW was the wild man mm-hmm. Mark Merrow mm-hmm. and the person who obviously featured more prominently because she was mentioned a lot more than him during this match was Sable. Yeah. And uh, that momentum continued on all the way through 2003 whenever she ended up leaving WWE. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean, this match, it's funny because Conrad could not st- apparently Conrad did not like Mark Marrow. Uh, but, uh, he, he said it was the weirdest thing because he claims that he, he likes Mark Merrow personally. He was just like, he brought nothing of value to the ring. And I'm like, if I like somebody personally, probably not going to say that.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: not going to phrase it that way. Yeah. I mean, he was Mark Merrow was, was actually pretty athletic hitting Rana's suicide dives yeah, he throughout was. the match. You know, um, like the athleticism was there now, if it maybe from a storytelling standpoint, if his work doesn't do it for you, I could understand that.
0: I wonder if it was from a character perspective. It could be because like, you know, and that's might might be a little bit on WWF, mm-hmm. because like from a character's perspective, I don't even know what he's supposed to be. The wild man like. Yeah. And then he was like boxer later on. Because mm-hmm. uh, he was actually a know, gold
1: Glove champion, I believe.
0: Yeah. Like you and I both kind of like Mark Mero, like in his later days, he was goofy. He did the comedy stuff really well. Yeah, he did. Um, the whole thing with like him and Jackie, I thought that was they, they had wildly good chemistry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um at this point, it's like, who really cares about the guy? It's like, you know, if you look at a stint in wCW, it was weird to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> to say the le- little Richard was just a weird gimmick. To have,
2: no matter how you cut it.
0: So they bring him over. He's a wild man. yeah,, uh, and then, yeah, so at some point here, depending on whose story you believe, uh either from a kick or from Austin hitting his lip on Marrow's, uh head austin's lip just explodes mm-hmm. uh and uh but that doesn't stop him from getting a stunner stunner yeah and getting the win over mark marrow but i thought i thought the match was fine it's just yeah. i don't really care about mark marrow so. i think
1: this this was his first pinfall loss at wwf at the time too
0: mm. and then he wanted yeah bruce brought up the fact that yeah. like with ahmed johnson and with Mark Marrow, they suffered losses before they went on to win the Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Bruce sort of no sold the question as well. Yeah, so, yeah, a lot of good you did me,
1: Bruce. Yeah, I just want to talk about Bruce Warriors. Richard. Man. Now, after that, well. we had a Jake Roberts interview. He says, "I was once blind, now I can see." He says, uh, "My soul was purchased by the blood of the Lamb." Yeah. Now I can lose. Now I can't lose when I know that the power from above is reaching down, lifting me up. He says, "If I can get by Vader, I know I got Stone Cold. Lord help stone me, gold. I'm gonna do it." I'm going to do it. I got Vader. So then we had that so match going. next, and this was very, very short. And, it was a weird match. And the finish sucked. It was a bad finish. So Jake not make sense. No, it did. Jake hits Vader with a DDT, and on the way down, Vader just kind of like brushes the ref on the way down. ref yeah. falls, and, and the ref DQs Vader. Jake wins. Yeah. yeah. It was a terrible finish.
0: Yeah, this was this was, this was was awful. It was awful. Uh, so, of course, Vader gets pissed off about that. He splashes Jake from behind, follows with another, and then gives him a nasty Vader bomb, of course, breaking all the ribs yeah. at uh, Jake Roberts' ass. Goddamn. And then the Riff comes out to break things up, and then they all help escort Jake to the back. Then we got, oh, Coliseum, home video exclusive of uh, Cornette and Vader. They're, like, in the bathroom, apparently, and they were both pretty pissed off. Yeah. That uh, they got DQ'd here, and uh, but why are the they upset? It's
1: Vader's fault. He chose to do that.
0: Um, you know, it was so incidental, man. It was like instinctual. He shouldn't have been DQ'd. I'm with I'm I'm with Camp Cornette here. Oh wow, yeah. Oh wow, oh wow. <laughs> you sounded oh. like Vince on what commentary. A maneuver.
1: Oh wow. Oh wow. Oh, you stand with Camp Cornette? Uh, yes. So after that, we had the Godwins versus Smoking Guns. The Godwins brought some some baby goats to the ring. I was very concerned for these baby goats. Legs. I
0: will be honest with you. I thought, number one, I thought naked Biddy and it was going to trample one of them. Yeah. And uh, they didn't, I don't know what uh, physical indicators uh, baby goats have for being scared about things, but they seemed okay. Yeah, they seemed fine. It didn't, it didn't like, there was no tail being tucked between a leg, no, which I don't I was, know. If,
1: I was concerned that one of the baby goats was gonna was going to poop in the ring or something like that, though. So I wasn't, I it. was hoping I was like rooting for that to happen. I was yeah. like, come on, do a poop, do so, a poop. So, uh, before the smoking guns come out, they have an interview with son, This was their the manager. Most, this was, was
0: this the most unfortunate, this is one of the most unfortunate interviews. Oh yeah. I think I've ever seen, especially cause like Billy Gunn, Billy Gunn's never been a good promo, No. but this was next level. This was, this might've got like a two on the going
1: in raw math
0: promo scale. Oh. For so, his performance, so
1: this is, so Sonny talks some crap about Body Donna's,
0: and Sonny's okay here,
1: yeah, uh, and and some crap about uh, Phineas Godwin, and then Doc Hendricks, Michael Hayes, asks Billy if you got if he's got <laughs> anything to say, and he goes, "Yeah, Sonny, yeah. she's be- she's beautiful and award winning, um, manager." Wait, hold on, you actually got this wrong because I watched
0: this like three times. All right, he says he says this,
2: oh yeah yeah,
0: she's beautiful. She's an award winner, um, manager. He says she's an award winner, and then like stumbles and says, "Manager, yeah, we're the tag champions." Sonny says, "When we win, we're gonna get it done." (laughs) It's bad. Oh man, this was this was so bad. This was so
1: bad. It was so bad. But it's interesting watching um, uh, uh, him deliver a bad promo, but like in the ring. It's already like all the all, all the usual thing he's been things he's been doing throughout his career, is right there.
0: Oh, he's a stud in the ring, man. Yeah, I could I could see why they like even him. though he's
1: like forty pounds uh, lighter in muscle. Yeah, there's the to now. Yeah, oh yeah, his promo was very like um, it was early Dirk Diggler. Yeah, was what it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, there's this one bit during this match where uh, uh, Billy hits Henry Gunn with a famous or doesn't get the win, but then shortly after Bart starts talking crap. And then Vince just kind of says, "Look at this verbal taunting." <laughs> <Dude>.
0: <laughs> Look at this verbal taunting. Oh, how was Vince a fucking? How was he announcer for so long? Like this guy, well, he owned the company that's <laughs> why, Steve. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I know, but why do you think this is? such. Well, I mean, that, that's like that's like next level obsessive control, right? When you yeah. have when you have to be the voice of the entire fucking thing too. It's like there are any number of other people who could, they could have had Doc Hendricks. Be uh, Michael Hayes, be an announcer, probably. Yeah, no. Vince
1: was who, not a good better. announcer. Not a good.
0: He announcer. was awful. Not he was good. terrible. Uh, also,
1: they had introduced Cloudy,
0: <sighs> which was uh, I know they had mentioned who this was. I don't it was
1: I it a friend of Chris Candido's, Jimmy Shoulders. Independent. Oh writer. yeah,
0: Jimmy Shoulders. That sounds like a Tony D guy. I know. Hey, Jimmy is going to be Fabian Eichner's new character. Jimmy Shoulders. Uh, so yeah uh this was bad yeah yeah the famous, yeah yeah he dropped a famous or he got two and no crowd reaction whatsoever and then uh so bart hits uh naked midian i believe as the ref isn't paying attention with a, a loaded boot mm-hmm. or just a boot and then billy goes and gets the pin i mean this wasn't like a terrible match
1: it was uh, just a mess.
0: but it was just yeah it was just a mess uh, and so after that, we've got an interview with Camp Cornette, including Cornett, British Bulldog. We have Slick there, uh, and then uh, Bulldog's oh, wife. Oh, it's Clarence Mason. Oh, Clarence Mason. Yeah, Bulldog's wife was there as well. Yeah, and she looked like she didn't want to be there. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, Mister Perfect comes uh, milling about. So Cornett says, "Hbk's time is up. It should have been Bulldog's last. I'm sorry, title last month." He says, no amount of WWF presidents are going to stop the Bulldog from becoming champion. And then uh, Mr. Perfect just wanders in the background. Because he's, he's like, like oh. a special
1: guest ref for their title match.
0: Yeah, he's got the ref outfit on. And then uh, Doc Hendricks, Michael PSA, says, oh, there's collusion afoot here. And Bulldog
2: says, if Perfect went to HBK's locker, you might get his wallet stolen. He says, uh, "He says he's going to call it right down the middle. And then uh, he says, tonight I'm going to join the Triple
0: Crown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was not a good bulldog accent. I like when he told Bret Hart, oh, "I'm fucked, yeah. hey, Brit, I'm fucked, yeah." Bret Hart's impression of British bulldog is my favorite.
1: It's pretty great. It's Pretty great. So Especially oh, that Bret we I'm had fucked. Jerry Lawler versus Ultimate Warrior, and Lawler oh, is man. just is just milling about, going up to the King of the Ring gear, checking it out, and he cuts this <laughs> extended promo talking crap to the crowd.
0: There were two moments during this pay per view that I was like. You couldn't have booked something else to fill time. It was this, and then Brian Pillman. Seemingly, they they gave Brian Pillman a blank check yeah. on how much time to fill. Yeah, they're like, listen, this main event's twenty six minutes long as scheduled right now. We could probably cut that down. So just talk, 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 talk.
1: And apparently, he gave him all the latitude he wanted in terms of what he wanted to say. Yeah, apparently, the, the yeah apparently,
0: according to Bruce, the the direction for Pillman was uh, just to, to be as as controversial, controversial as yeah. you, as you can. Yeah, and he did, and he tried. Uh, Lawler apparently was given the same kind of leeway because, uh, man, there were some things said here that just better left be unmentioned. Uh, but yeah, he just runs down the crowd. No particular reaction from the crowd beyond the people that he's directly addressing. Uh, but otherwise, you know, the crowd is basically sort of confused and bored. Uh, he calls them losers and it's just five minutes of him just walking around aimlessly talking on the mic. Uh, warrior of course comes down. You know, this was a huge prop from the warrior because it's like, man, thank God somebody's breaking this up, even if it's ultimate warrior. Uh, so Lawler attacks warrior with the. Hold on, scepter. hold on, hold
1: on. During warrior's entrance, Vince calls him one of the most reckless individuals in the history of WWF.
0: <laughs> I wonder if that's why I wonder if he actually meant. <laughs> I wonder it's Like if, sometimes wonder,
1: Vince let his true feelings kind of slip
0: through from time to time. on commentary. <laughs> yeah, I can say anything in this voice and people will just think that I'm being an announcer. So anyways, uh, Lawler attacks Warrior with the scepter, and then uh, and then uh, Warrior completely no-sells Jerry Lawler's finish, a pile driver, and then gets a pretty quick win with a shoulder tackle.
1: Yeah, of all moves, a shoulder tackle. A shoulder tackle. Uh, after that, we had... So uh, Gorilla Monsoon is being interviewed while Jake's, uh, Jake's getting checked out uh, by the trainer. Getting his ribbies taped yep. up there. He's getting the uh, the rib tape on. So Gorilla says, uh, you know, "Only Jake knows if he can keep going, but he has a burning desire to continue." So I'm going to let him continue, and I'm not going to let my heart overrule my head.
0: I wonder if the burning desire is just what's happening in his ribs. Could be. It's probably just really rib hot, injuries painful. are very painful. Yeah, I would imagine so. Uh, so yeah, yeah. He says, uh, "How many more chances is Jake going to get at the ripe old age of 41?" Oh, I know. I know. Like, how much of, main of WWE's main event scene is past 41 right now? Quite like, a AJ Styles is past 41. Edge. It's older than 41. Rock is think. probably over 41 at yeah, this point. Yeah,
1: Orton's around there, if not over. Edge.
0: Orton, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Shin's probably close to 41. Yeah. Bob Rude, Dolph Ziggler, they're all probably approaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we had Mankind versus Undertaker uh apparently taker liked uh working with mankind because yeah. he felt that he kept his character fresh yeah and uh and you can see why this was a hell of a feud right here these guys it really, really just understood like the, the the
1: formula was there this early
0: like mankind was relatively fresh here being introduced as i a think character. this is
1: his first match against undertaker since after his debut i think he debuted the raw after mania 96 this might have been his first okay first match okay against undertaker Remember he's like wait a second it's cactus
0: jack with mankind See, the difference is back then they had kind of cool reboots for people Mm -hmm. like you go from WCW to WWF and you're no longer little Richard impersonator. You're the wild man, which I don't care what it is. It's infinitely better than being little Richard impersonator, especially the way they presented it Uh, with Mankind. Yeah, Cax Jack is great. He's awesome, right? Mankind is a cool name. It is. It's a cool character. And it's a cool character. He's got the mask, and he's out and there, there pulling like, oh. his
1: hair out and squealing and stuff like that. It's, it's, like, it's pretty cool. It's, pre- it's genuinely disturbing for 1996. Yes. Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, the pulling the hair out shit that was that was messed up. So, anyways, um, but yeah, you could see instantly these guys had chemistry, and it was kind of you know it was kind of just mankind was this guy who you know took a licking and kept on ticking, mm-hmm. and it, Taker could throw everything out of him, and it, it legitimately in character freaked undertaker out that mankind was just this you know, you know this guy who seemingly couldn't feel you know it's like he he would just completely destroy him and he would just keep on coming back at him and he'd mm-hmm. like revel in it mm-hmm. and that's the story that was being told here it was phenomenal it was it good was, stuff
1: it was really good we got a lot of uh foley's kind of greatest hits from move standpoint elbow off mm-hmm. the apron uh, he got back dropped on the concrete all that type stuff. So down towards the finish, uh, uh, Mankind grabs the uh, urn from Paul Bear, and he's about to hit Undertaker with it. Well, instead, uh, Undertaker grabs Mankind uh, by the throat, drives him into the corner. Uh, Paul Bear has the uh, 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 the urn with with him by now. Tries to hit Mankind with it. Foley evades, mm. so ends up Undertaker gets, gets hit with it. Yeah. And then Foley puts on the mandible claw uh, to get the win. And afterwards, uh, Mankind chases Paul Bear up the ramp with the chair. And then Undertaker like stumbles up, really mm-hmm. selling the Mandible claw uh, to get the win or to mm-hmm. to to follow. Yeah, so a huge that, win Doc for for Mankind coming in, you know, just a handful of months after his debut beating the Undertaker.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It's it's interesting to see the pieces sort of fall into place with all these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we had a Mister Perfect interview with Doc Hendricks. He's oh, I I suspect collusion with Camp Cornette. And Perfect says, I bet you can't even spell collusion. <laughs> Dude, Mr. I'm sorry, man. Mr. Perfect, he's got to be. It's like him to me, it's like him, him, Holland Piper. Perfect should have been champion, he should have been world champion in WWF or WCW. I know, anyways. Uh, so uh, HBK steps in with a, a head full of steam with some really wonderful looking handcrafted earrings and uh, says, uh, He says, Tonight. He says, you got a chance to earn that name. He says, I worked too hard and too long for you to blow this for me. He says, call it down the middle and raise the hand of the better man. And uh, Perfect says, I'm going to call it down the middle. Why does nobody believe me? <laughs> <laughs> With a straight
1: face. He's so good. Yeah, it was fantastic. He's so good. Uh, next, we had Goldust versus Ahmed Johnson for the Intercontinental Championship. Earlier on, Early on this match, they mentioned the WWF Kuwaiti Championship. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And I yeah. was thinking, I don't know what that is. So I looked it up, and it was apparently a tournament that WWF held during a house show tour of Kuwait. Mm-hmm, yeah. And they did yeah, it no, twice, I think. They did it two consecutive years, 96 and 97, I believe.
0: It's kind of their version of the Saudi shows these days, how you had the greatest Royal Rumble mm-hmm. championship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, they just bust out championships for whatever reason. Didn't really stick, though, that Kuwaiti championship. Uh, so anyways, uh, yeah, Ahmed probably shouldn't be doing topes, man. Because, yeah. He just oh felt my like god. Head, yeah. yeah, that was terrifying. This dude, he's a big dude. And he went launching himself out of the ring, uh, to, to Gold and he almost planted himself right on his head. Yep. That'd have been horrible. Yep. Uh Gold was just selling the shit out of everything Ahmed Johnson was giving him here. I mean, Ahmed, I don't know what the deal was with him, but in terms of the looks department, give this guy a ten. He was legitimate. Uh so uh so yeah. Ahmed wins with a tiger driver. They call it the Pearl River Plunge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he wins Gold Dust. My, that, this, is, this has got to be the Alpha Intercontinental Championship for me, man. Because Gold Dust had the gold strap. Oh, heck yeah,
1: man. Heck Why yeah. didn't they keep this? It was beautiful. I know. It was amazing. Amazing. All hopefully, gold, everything. Hopefully one day we'll have an all gold belt. So anyways, after this, we had this really bizarre promo for the next day In Your House pay-per-view. Aliens. So uh, this dude brings some aliens home. Running some mm. aliens, brings them home to watch the WWF pay per view, mm. and then the aliens teleport Sonny to this guy's living room. It was very bizarre. Nice. It was very Seti bizarre. Seti Alpha 5. Maybe they were from Seti Alpha 6. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, uh, so then Ahmed walks into the locker room. They start showering him with champagne, and uh, Shawn Michaels comes in, gives him a hug.
0: Yeah, he says, I'm going to get that title on my friend, Scott Hall. No, wait, he's gone. Triple H. Uh, So after that, we had uh, Brian Pillman. Um, He comes to the ring. I'm sorry. He comes to ringside to do an interview with good old JR. And, uh, you know, he's a loose cannon man. Uh, You probably wrote more of this shit down here. Oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) Uh, Oh, here it is. Yeah, he says, I don't give a damn about my own family. Of course, that probably made uh, Griff and, and, and Brian Pillman Jr. sad. Uh, he says he cares even less about this sewer in Milwaukee. He says, I believe they're in
1: Milwaukee for the show.
0: They're yeah. in Milwaukee. He says it makes sense why Jeffrey Dahmer tried to consume this whole state from head to toe. God damn, that is rough. Yeah. That was just the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> that was just the beginning. He says he asked JR, he says, how does it feel? Um, uh, he asked JR how it feels while he does whatever he wants.
1: Wait, what? Well, pil- he asked JR, like, how does it feel while you essentially watch me do whatever I want, I think?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. He says, uh, we're going to find out real soon which of the so-called WWF superstars has the guts to stop him. I'm the brightest star to ever set foot on God's green earth. Uh, why WWF uh, crowns King of the Ring? He says, I'm the leader of a new revolution. I'm going to ascend to my throne. And then uh, he also says, I'm going to rape, pillage, and plunder the entire WWF. It was. Here is the thing. So Bruce said they told him just go out and say as much controversial stuff as possible. Mm-hmm. This entire thing felt like he was just waiting to get reactions. Yeah, like he would say a bunch of stuff and then he'd stop and just sort of look yeah, around. Yeah, 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 totally. He'd come back to the mic. I'm gonna do this. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. He'd come back around and then he'd say some more shit. He'd say stuff like this line here, and then and and he would just sort of wait for people to say stuff
1: mm-hmm.
0: or to to react. And the crowd
1: again was just sort of I don't know they're like oh, okay yeah that's fine yeah yeah not much reaction uh, after that we had King of the Ring finals, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Jake Roberts so of course Stone Cold knowing that Jake has damaged ribs targets the ribs
0: well before like of course Austin it was kind of interesting a little bit of foreshadowing here which you never get in WWE these days really austin comes out to his old you know uh that shitty because his his glass breaking music didn't debut for a couple more months yeah it was the so ringmaster he still theme. had the ringmaster theme which at first when he first came out i thought it was like the king of the ring theme <laughs> i was like oh they're good they're just having the contestants come out i was like oh no that's right that's that, that ringmaster the theme. theme yeah it's terrible it doesn't it's fit awful. anything it's awful but him and pillman cross paths yeah And they sort of give a little acknowledging look there, which is kind of interesting It is because of their history and their future. In the the
1: feud they'd eventually have, yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, Stone Cold starts booting Jake in the ribs, takes uh, the rib tape from from off him, and then Gorilla Monsoon comes. The ring checks on Jake. Jake's like, no, i to continue. He mounts a brief little comeback, but then in the end, uh, he calls for a DDT instead of Stone Cold, drives him to the corner, hits a bunch of shoulder tackles in the corner, and then hits him with a stunner for the win. Then he makes his way to the King of the Ring stage set, and he gets interviewed by Doc. And I actually wrote this verbatim. of so, Steve, you want to get ready and do this in your Stone Cold uh, voice? Have oh, that. you don't
0: want to do this one?
1: I don't do Stone Cold.
0: <laughs> Let's rob the people. I know. what they <laughs> Probably want. Probably the only reason they voted for this. I All know. Right. And the okay. only
1: reason I wrote this entire thing down verbatim. <laughs> that was just
2: ribbing. I was ribbing you, Larson. Relax. <laughs> he said this. All right. Doc Hendricks. The first thing I want to be done is get that piece of crap out of my ring. He wasn't talking about literal shit. He was talking about Jake Roberts. Yeah. He says, don't just get him out of the ring. Get him out of the WWF because I've proved sin without a shadow of a doubt. You ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms. Talk about your John 316. Austin 316s and I just you your ass. All you got to do is buy a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and try to get some of that courage he had in his prime. That's messed up. He says, as the king of the ring, I'm serving notice to every one of the WWF superstars. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list. That's right. I had the list before Chris Jericho and that stone colds list and I'm fixing to run through all of them. As far as this championship bitch is concerned, I don't give a damn if it's Davy Boy Smith. Or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come. And when I get the shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion. And that is the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Wait, let me back up. I'm not actually going to be the next WWF champion. How about this? How about next? We have Sid. No, wait, who was next? Was it Sid? It was
1: Sid. Sid wanted out a, a Survivor Series, yeah. After Sid, it'll be The Undertaker? No, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels it beats back Sid after,
2: after that. It's Undertaker?
1: No, after that it is. Then it gets weird. That's when Sean gives up the belt because he doesn't want to lose to Brett. They have that 4A match. I believe that's when uh, Sid gets it. And then he carries it to Mania 13 where Undertaker beats him.
2: Undertaker takes it next after Undertaker.
1: Shawn Michaels again? No, I think it's Brett. <laughs> no, it is Shawn. Is it Shawn Brett? M- yeah, I think it's Brett. Is it Brett? I think it's Brett. The no, Brett holds it. Total. And then Survivor Michaels series. gets it at uh, Survivor, Survivor series. series. Ninety-seven, yeah.
2: And then it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> My time comes approximately a little bit less than two years from now. Well, he didn't
0: he lose is- a lot on the road from there, though. No.
1: Well, he unless he unless, lose unless a lot. his the his opponent's name was Bret Hart. No, he didn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was like I'm the only to- guy.
1: Brett might it have. I think the
0: Undertaker. I think Undertaker pinned him once too, but it was in a triple threat with Brett. If I'm, if I'm, I think I looked that up once before.
1: I'm trying to remember to get that timeline exactly right because there might have been one title change before Sid got it. Like Sid might have won it off somebody else instead of at that. Because remember they had that, that four way match at it in mm-hmm. your house, term of the champ after all that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So hold on, I can find it. Anyways, moving on to the next thing. And I'll, I'll get yeah,
0: it. Yeah, uh, the next thing was Davey Boy
1: Smith versus Shawn Michaels, the British Bulldog. Oh, I'm fucked. All right, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So Bret Hart won it. Well, I'm here. I'll say it. Bret Hart won it after it was vacated. And he had it for one day before Sid beat him on Raw. So Shawn Michaels vacated it. Bret Hart won it at In Your House Final Four. Mm-hmm. And then the following Raw, Sid beat him for it. Okay, and then Undertaker okay. won it at Mania. Bret beat mm-hmm. him at SummerSlam. And then Shawn got mm-hmm. his Survivor Series. Okay. All right. There you go.
2: And then Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then it was Kane. And then it was probably Stone Cold Steve Austin again.
0: I don't know the lineage after that. Uh, anyways, so yeah, British Bulldog versus Shawn Michaels. Man, uh, whatever problems uh, British Bulldog had back at SummerSlam '95, he did not carry with him uh, uh, less than a year later here because this was 26 minutes. This is a fucking good match. It was a
1: really good match. It was. Yeah. Really to begin
0: things, match. of course, Mr. Perfect was supposed to be the referee. No way. Uh, 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 WWF merchandise Merchant Earl Hebner uh, Became the official In ring officiant Yes uh, uh, Official And then Mr. Perfect was uh, relegated by Gorilla Monsoon to be the outside enforcer referee guy. Correct. Yes. And uh, nobody really nobody was happy. Like HBK wasn't happy about that. Camp Cornett wasn't really happy about nobody was really happy yeah. about that. I don't Perfect know why, I don't know why Sean Michael
1: that. wasn't really happy about it. That kind of seemed like it would benefit him considering that Mr. Perfect was just in Camp Cornett's locker room.
0: Because probably earlier in the show, he like took a dude in Earl Hebner's bag. And then oh, he, he knew be. that Earl had all that merch in there. So he was like, What well, man, damn, Earl's gonna he's gonna have a hot head for me. That could be.
1: Yeah. But it so, was uh, a good match. It was a good match. The finish was a little bit on the silly side. So uh, Shawn Michaels slams British Bulldog, and Davy Boy Smith's leg just barely clips Earl Hebner. We get a ref mm-hmm. bump. So mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels hits the top rope elbow, sets up for sweet chin music, hits it. Then Earl is about to count the pin. Mr. Perfect comes in to count the pin as well and tells him to kind of like wait. Then they both count. And then as Earl, Perfect's about to count three. Owen pulls him out. Earl mm-hmm. counts the pinfall. Shawn Michaels win. It's just like super mm-hmm. overbooked.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. and then yeah, owen it's, it's a
1: mess. Then Owen hits the ring, goes after Shawn Michaels. Shawn fights him off. He punches Bulldog. He puts a figure four on Owen. Uh, he keeps on trying to fight off Owen and the Bulldog. Uh, eventually, he runs into a kick from Owen Hart. Uh, owen and Bulldog get a double suplex on Shawn. Ahmed Johnson runs out to make the save. He press slams Owen's sorry, Owen, power slams Bulldog. Vader comes out. He takes it to Ahmed, slams him, hits some ground to pound, and Camp Cornette's just wrecking Sean and Ahmed. Vader goes up top, and he's up there waiting forever because Warrior's <laughs> yeah. late making the switch. Warrior <laughs> yeah. eventually runs down. He was
0: <laughs> probably trying to negotiate his contract backstage at this probably.
1: point. Pushes. Vader off the top rope, clears the ring, and the faces stand tall to end the show. And and that was supposed to be the main event for the next pay-per-view was Cam Cornette versus Sean, uh, Ahmed, and Warrior. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen yeah. that way, though. No, you know who replaced the Warrior? Sid.
0: Sid! That's right. They even had a name, and I'm trying to remember what that name was. I'll look it up here real quick uh let's see here what happened it was king of the ring 1996 what happened what was which what was the pay-per-view it was uh, June, in July. your house
1: international uh, international incident. incident
0: it was the, the people's posse the people's posse was Shawn michaels sid and ahmed johnson really curious i wouldn't mind watching like the raw after this or the raw whenever sid entered entered the the scene oh yeah which was probably immediately because warrior started claiming that you know his dad died so he needed to go like take care of that business he was
1: gone from wwf by the end of june yeah
0: but of course like the story was that he was never close to his dad and had like disdain for him and so he just like wanted to it was just another power play is what they were thinking but i don't know give me sid any day of the week dude that
2: that
1: freaking pop. That pop the Warrior would get. Oh, man. So imagine if it was Sid that ran out and made the save instead of Warrior. Two times the pop, I'm telling you.
0: I mean, it would, it would have been half the amount of time it took him to get to the ring, Absol- though, because well, Sid was not maybe. very Depends fast. maybe. Depends on how many
1: fist bumps Sid's dealing with. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a good one. You could to run down and make the save, just fist bumping everybody. He <laughs> <laughs> gets the locker room his car smashed.
2: <laughs> Why me?
1: <laughs> Ultimate wrestling car pranks there. <laughs> oh, that's some good stuff There's on fantastic Twitter, fantastic stuff. Oh, we had a Coliseum home video thing where Jim Ross is interviewing Camp Cornette, and it's just all the setup to set up the match for the next In Your House. Yeah. Um, it, really not much. That's probably why it's a Coliseum home video exclusive.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what ideas do you – what are you going to bring to the table for the next pay-per-view for people to vote on? Because I did not think about this at all.
1: So I have an idea. it's not that old of a show and it's one we actually did a a watch along with and it's not a great show Backlash 2018 oh shit oh wow
0: okay oh man that's actually a really good idea Um, so you go with Backlash 2018 you know what I'm going to go with I'm going to go with uh, In Your House 9 International Incident I want to know exactly what
1: happened after this shit
0: (laughs) Oh man.
1: I'm just going to my my suggestions are all going to be chronological. Continuing on. Yeah, just seeing where the story goes. Steve wants yeah, to exactly. see, see how the things played out in 96.
0: I do. I do. Absolutely. Uh, man, you have a Oh wow, a repeat of Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Mark Marrow we went about half the time, too. This is a fucking terrible idea. It <laughs> I'm is. Not going to never mind. I'm not going to bring that. I'm going to go with uh You know what? I'll go with uh, sort of along the same lines i guess uh let's see do i like this no i don't like this i don't like any of that uh okay how about this let's do oh ooh mm. let's let's take a trip let's take a trip a year down the line all right We'll do, because I love the mid-90s, we're going to do SummerSlam 1997. Oh, this is the one where uh, Stone Cold got dropped on his head. Because we'll see what his momentum was like, and then we'll see how it got you know halted potentially. And yeah, then he, yeah, was yeah. to, pff,
1: he was able to blast off after that. And that was, so I'll, I'll go with SummerSlam right, 97. That's good. That's good. And I guess we can and put then, a thread up and see what the, uh, the friend of us want to do. And then we could put a
0: poll. Yeah, up. I think that's, that's a good idea, and then we'll put the actual vote up. That sounds, sounds good. cool. Sounds good. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.